My name is Ryan Luke Winslade and I am a PK and middle child. I know what it's like to be a misfit, an oddball, a weirdo, but I'm okay with that. If you're like me, you are most certainly welcome. Even if you're not, you'll hopefully enjoy yourself here on Pastor's Middle Kid anyway. We'll talk about stuff and look at things a little differently. Alright, let's get started. Welcome to Pastor's Middle Kid episode 47. If you haven't heard the other 46, then well, you better get on that. Not really, there's no pressure at all. Besides, the later ones are the better ones, that's how it usually happens. Um, although there are a few classics earlier on, I'm not exactly sure how to access them through iTunes because after a certain number they tend to kind of cut off. But if you know how to do that, then feel free to let me know. Uh, on my Facebook page, Pastor's Middle Kid, space, dash, space, podcast. Um, <laughs> okay, anyway, let's get into this. Today I have my friend Kaylee Ratton, who is my co-worker at YWAM Newcastle from Orange, New South Wales, joining me to talk about the Bible and photography, two things that she is very passionate about, and the conversation is quite insightful in both of those areas. So if either of them interest you, then please stick around. And if they don't, then maybe they will by the end. Who knows? All right, let's move into everyone's favorite Pastor's Middle Kids segment, Walking with Frodo. Smoke rises from the mountain of doom. Mr. Frodo! Walking with Frodo. I wish the ring had never come to me. I still only count as one! Because it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode, again, it seems like I've read a lot, but in truth, I haven't really been doing much. Um, although one of my favorite things to do lately is to listen to Adam Young's instrumental albums while reading through The Lord of the Rings, and of course matching the mood of the chapter with the mood of the album. For example, I had the album Omaha Beach playing while I was in the Mines of Moria. Uh, and I also had Adam Young's latest album, The Corduroy Road, playing while I was in Lothlorien. So I only have one more chapter after the one I'm in right now, which I think is called Farewell to Lorien. I'm really looking forward to getting to the Two Towers. I remember enjoying that book a lot. And that's when the battles begin to happen. So. I am very keen. Come on, Frodo, you can do it. In music this week, Switchfoot's latest album, Where the Light Shines Through, is one that I have been jamming along to a little bit. So this song underneath me is the first track called Holy Water, and the song that I'll end this episode with is called When Was the Last Time, and that's the last track on the album. I really like this album. I think Switchfoot has done some good stuff here. Of course, it has some songs that didn't quite stand out to me as much, but it's a very solid album, and if you're a Switchfoot fan from however many years back you started listening to them, I think you will appreciate this one. And if you like Lecrae, he has Lecrae featuring a song called Looking for America, which is vaguely reminiscent of Lecrae's song Welcome to America. I don't know if that was planned or not, but anyway, it's up to your own discretion. 
um, I recommend it, Where the Light Shines Through by Switchfoot. This song is called Holy Water. Let's get into Kaylee Ratton's interview right after this. I think you will enjoy yourself. I know that you were both a little bit confused about this. Um, my family was in Orange and Parks for an outreach at the beginning of uh, the year of 2012. 12. Yeah. yeah. I just finished high school and I felt like going into that, um, that holidays, I wasn't supposed to go on the outreach with them. Um, God told me that I wasn't meant to. So... That was a little bit weird, but I ended up staying home and playing a lot of Zelda with my friends on the Wii, which was awesome. But at one stage, um, Mark Holberton, who you know, um, he came back to Canberra for a wedding or something. And then my dad and myself drove him out to meet up with the team wherever they were in Parks or Orange. I don't know which one it was. So I know at that stage, around that time, you met my family and I'm not sure if we (laughs) met or if we met later on and my family said this was Kaylee to be honest I don't remember the like initial meeting of you in Orange I definitely definitely got to meet your family in Orange when they were there for the Mm -hmm. chain reaction outreach and Marky was there for uh, a prac with uni a uni prac or something so he was kind of like hanging out with my family but I think that was actually later in the year because I got back from DTS and it was kind of like you're the other ratten like (laughs) but I think um, because I'd met Benji Mm. during his DTS outreach when he came to Orange um and he told you about YWAM. And so he oh, told oh, me about... I mean, you knew about YWAM, but uh, did he convince you to do a DTS? No, he tried hard. I was okay. pretty, I was I was not keen to do a DTS at the time. That's because so your family had already done a yeah, crossroads in so, place, so my parents did one, tagged mm-hmm. along, and didn't really have that much fun. Um, <laughs> so I decided not to do one. But then, yeah, meeting Benji, and it was kind of like, oh, these guys aren't so bad after all. Um, and then I think it was... The beginning, so that was 2011. So that was the beginning of the next mm-hmm. year that you guys came through Orange, yeah. the Chain Reaction Outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by that stage, I was ready to go and do a DTS and had applied and everything. And yes. then you came through again at about Easter time. We had a big festival um, that Fusion was putting on at Easter. Yeah. And then that was like the day before I flew out for Outreach or something. So. Okay. Yeah. And that was in 2012? That was 2012, yeah. Okay. I feel like I, I remember meeting you first at the end of that year after... I met you at YWAM Canberra at, um, on the, at the base there. Yeah. It was after you came back from your DTS. Yeah. You sounded strangely American, American. and mixed. Yeah, because uh, I'd come down for a training, a leadership training thing yes. before the summer outreach mm-hmm. of Chain Reaction. And you did DTS yeah. in Kona, Hawaii. Yeah. So a whole bunch of Americans everywhere. Yeah, and my accent didn't last more than a few weeks. It was oh pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> it, had been, it had been mixed around quite a bit. So my yeah. first impression of you, I think, was that's Kaylee 
She's a photographer. She did DTS in Hawaii. She sounds American. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. I had so many people asking like when I got home, oh, you know, so how long have you lived in Orange and all this stuff? And I was yeah. like, like you know, oh, I grew up here. Yeah. And then after about the third or fourth person at the same party, I was like, wait, I am not American. <laughs> and like everyone was just like, what? You're not American? I was like, oh my gosh, is my accent that bad? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so our families have interaction going back to 2011, apparently. Yeah, yeah something um, like that. Yeah, cool. Interestingly, about um, that, about, about me not going on outreach to Orange and Parks, uh, where I didn't meet you, <laughs> because I wasn't there at the <laughs> okay, same time. Okay, that explains but, it, because I was like, wait, were you there? I don't remember meeting I you think, then. I think I went to Parks. I think that's okay, what happened. Yeah, cause okay, yeah, because we were in Orange. So. Yes, yeah. so not the same place. Um, driving Mark there to meet up with the team again I went crazy talking about this album that I'd heard and House of Heroes album and he said dude you want to do album reviews for One Way FM in Canberra and I went yeah okay (laughs) so because I'd stayed home had that conversation with him in the car I got into radio and consequently into this there you go anyway this is Kaylee Ratton everybody Welcome to the podcast, Kaylee. Thank you. It's exciting. Yeah. So I have Kaylee on not only because she is my co-worker um, in the creative department at YWAM Newcastle, but also because I want to talk to her about every pastor's kid's handbook, <laughs> the Bible. Come um, on. Read also rule book. You are somebody that I know personally who absolutely loves the Bible. And I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying other YWAMers around here and people in my family don't love the Bible. But you have a special passion for it. And I'm curious about that. Uh, did you grow up reading the Bible? Yeah, I did. I... And why are you still... I'm kidding. Uh... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up reading it. Um... And at the time, you know, like, I always read the stories. I thought they were cool. I had my, my favorite Bible was, like, this picture Bible. And for some reason, I just loved the story of Samson, I think, because it had, like, lions in it. Um, this beautiful picture Bible. And, yeah, always just kind of liked the stories of it growing up, but didn't mm. really realize, I don't think, what the stories actually meant when you wove them all together. Yeah. So, yeah, something that kind of came later, mm-hmm. the revelation of what the bigger, yeah, the big picture understanding of the... Okay. When your family was doing uh, the Crossroads DTS in Perth, how did you feel about the Bible at that stage? You were 14? Yeah, I was 14. Um, To be honest, I I can't really remember specifically how I felt about the Bible. I was starting to go through... That was kind of the beginning, you know, 14. It's an awkward (laughs) (laughs) awkward age. Um, And so life kind of got pretty rough after that just in terms of... And not necessarily initially, but teenage years are always hard and mm-hmm. um, definitely had been much more connected with God um, through the word earlier in my life. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't until sort of when I did DTS that that passion came back again in when I was 19. Okay. So there was a five-year span um, when you finished your schooling, started working, where it was kind of... It was there, yeah. but it wasn't really... Yeah, it was like it was there, and I would read it, but um, 
and you know, I still got Revelation, and I, I'm a bit of an ancient history buff, so I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the things that. Well, so is Samson. <laughs> 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 oh, Sorry. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> um, no, but like uh, Year Eight history was one of my favorite years of history, and we were doing ancient history. So in my head, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, we're learning about the Romans, we're learning about, you know, even go back the Persians, the Assyrians, the Egyptians, mm-hmm. um, and kind of beginning to tie that in a little bit with Israel's own history. Um, homeschooled, we did like a Christian schooling thing. So they did mm-hmm. connect a lot of that with with the Bible and with the word. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, you know, I love maps and I'm very visual as a photographer. Um, so seeing being able to see visually like the world empires and who was ruling in which parts of the world in like mm. the ancient world, um, just kind of bought, made the story of the Bible a bit more real. Cause I could actually put mm. it into a historical period, I think. Yeah. yeah. Connected a few dots. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's cool. Um, so you grew up reading the Bible. You didn't exactly grow up passionate about it, but it was always kind of there and having, and I know you too, and I, I can verify to the listening audience that you really love ancient history. Yeah, I true. don't know anyone else that sits down during their lunch break reading a book about Genghis Khan. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you, uh, you began to get a bigger picture. Well, so the, the turning point, I guess, for me when I really got it was during my DTS, some of the girls organized a Bible reading marathon. So we actually... Um, after lectures on a Friday night, we sat down and we just started in Genesis and went all the way through till Sunday. So it ended up taking, I think we, we had to skip a few books due to time restraints and um, we'd read a few together as a class already. So we skipped over those ones, but we spent about 60 hours reading um, cover to cover Goodness. the book. <laughs> and, you know, by midnight on Sunday, when we finished Revelation, I just remember being in tears and just being in in awe of like the, the holiness of God, but also the love story that goes all the way through. And, mm. you know, I often, often use the um, picture of like a movie. You don't sit down and and just watch 10 minutes of a movie and then come back the next day and watch 10 more minutes because by the time you get to the end of the movie, you kind of can't really remember what happened Mm. in the beginning. And so I'd I'd thought about that in terms of, like, whole books of the Bible. So, you know, like, a book, take a gospel, let's read Mm -hmm. it at one time and read the whole thing. But I'd never really even thought about reading the whole book (laughs) in, like, you know, a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And so being able to... To like you know you remember the beginning and when you're reading the New Testament and it's quoting the Old Testament scriptures you literally read that a few hours earlier and you know what context it was being mm. quoted in sort of thing and so then when Jesus wow. pulls it out and says like hey remember this mm-hmm. um, it just has so much more life and so much like you relate to it so much more because you know what was happening at the time mm. yeah wow yeah so that was kind of when it was really I really was just like dang this book changed my life <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard a lot about reading the bible in context um and using scripture to understand scripture i mean that's quite a commitment 60 hours of reading you said <laughs> yeah, it did is. you sleep so it, at all uh i did i was tragically fell asleep during jeremiah which always <laughs> seems to be like you know in the wee hours of the second night going through the did book did you wake <laughs> up weeping that's the question <laughs> not quite not oh, okay. quite but um 
Yeah, so it do takes... Do you lament the fact that you missed Jeremiah? <laughs> <laughs> every Sorry. year, every year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. Um, but it takes 72 hours to read it from cover to cover, so... Um, yeah. If it's, you're somebody that fun. reads at an average pace. At an average pace, yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes, you know, because it's a lot of reading, so sometimes we'll, like, act it out and you know, come up with creative ways to tell the stories, take a yeah. character each and read e- each part out. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean people, there's the Source View Bible. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love that. that. We actually had a couple of those on um, our DTS when we did it the first time. Oh and so, we, you know, we also had a David and a Jonathan in our class. So, you know, <laughs> classic, when we read through Samuel, we did, had all the parts. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was lots of fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, the Source View Bible... When I first got to YOM Newcastle, it's the first time I ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, sharing a room with Danny Lucerne, who oh. I had uh, lived at YOM Tasmania with when I was oh, no way. a baby. I didn't realize you had that connection. Yeah, so it, cool. it was a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> he he is between my brother's ages, I think. Yep. Um, so they remember each other better than I remember anyone. Fair. Um, but it was weird being his roommate um, <clears throat> 20 years later. Uh, but he had a copy of the Source View Bible. And so I looked at it one night and thought, this is making it into like a play script. This is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. You can actually take a character each. Somebody can be the narrator. Somebody can be God. Somebody can be Judah, Jesse, all the, yeah. the brothers of all David. And so this is this is crazy to me that you can, you can do that. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit bizarre that... Nobody thought of it earlier. Of it earlier, yeah. And they've taken out all, like, the... Well, not taken out, but they've just minimised the gaps between the chapters and the verses and things, so it kind of flows on a bit better than mm, when okay. you're reading it in your normal Bible as well. It doesn't have all the paragraph headings, and you just kind of okay, get, so, it, so get into the story it, They're not taking out any text. Just oh, no, no, they just take out, like, they just make the numbers and headings, like, really small. So awesome. They, yeah, the story kind of flows on a little bit more. You're not getting distracted by paragraph titles and things when you you know change section that could be a lot of fun i imagine it it would turn into a bit of a monologue when it got to something like uh, (laughs) some of the prophets yeah just go on and on (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay um that is really cool that that could be a good thing to do 72 hours it takes 72 hours yeah okay it's worth it though it's worth it and the thing about on dts when i did it the first time um because i've kind of tried to do it every year since then um, was when I was praying about doing it, I was like, okay, Jesus, I feel like you really want me to do this, but I have a full week schedule coming up after this. So mm. if I don't sleep at all on the weekend, you're going to have to give me energy to get through the next week. And without fail, every time he's done, like I've done this, I seem to have more energy and I accomplish more the next week than I would on a normal week if I just slept all weekend kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's even super cool just the way he's like, actually, this is something I value. And so when when I choose to do it for him, he's like, okay, awesome. I'm going to give you the energy to make it through the week, even though you haven't slept all weekend. Because, mm. you know, just that idea of he is the bread. Yeah. He feeds us, gives us the energy, sustains us for the week to come. Yeah. yeah. Man doesn't live off bread alone, eh? Amen. But by every word from the mouth of God. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm sure I don't speak just for myself when I say that seems like a bit of a looming goal though to, to read <laughs> to read in a weekend yeah yeah it's true and you have to have a good group of people around and to be honest like a lot of the people that I've done it with 
have just kind of jumped in and out. And so we'll have like a little core group of five or six of us that mm-hmm. stay for the whole time. Um, and then other people just come and go as they want. Maybe they wake up in the middle of the night and can't sleep and they're like, oh, I'll go down and join in and read. They kind of fill in that gap where we're all zombies trying to get through Jeremiah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, after your DTS, um, you did a second level school yes. with YOM. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, during my DTS, I heard about the Bible Core Course, or the BCC, um, and they actually have an on-location one, which is based out of Switzerland, uh, Lausanne in Switzerland. Um, so the locations of the Bible are not in but Switzerland. But no, obviously they're not. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I heard about this on my DTS, and I was like, well, that's so cool. You spend the first four weeks uh, in Switzerland learning how to study the Bible in a particular way. They call it the inductive method. Mm-hmm. Um, so you learn to study in that way, and then you travel through... Um, so we travel through where... Egypt, Israel, Turkey, Greece, and Italy, um, and kind of studied wow. the books where they happened. So, yeah, just a crazy eye-opening experience. So, yeah, for for a couple of years after DTS, every year it was kind of like, oh, is this the year? Is this the year? Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally last year he said yes. So I went off and did that for 12 weeks. Or um, Yeah, it ended up being about 10 weeks. But mm-hmm. So we studied like um in we lived in cairo for 10 days and we studied exodus while we were there and um honestly it was just such a life-changing experience to be able to see the places and again like i'm very visual so you know when we're in the desert of sinai Mm -hmm. and i'm walking along the shaley rocks and i'm seeing the mountains and i'm seeing the flat plains and i'm feeling the heat and i'm like what they were here for 40 years and their shoes didn't wear out like this stuff is going to put holes in my sneakers like it was just yeah just really spectacular and even like seeing the stars looking up at the stars and being like whoa these are the these are the stars that Abraham was looking at when God said, you know, I'll give you descendants as numerous as the stars. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm from the Southern Hemisphere as well. So cool. I've never even seen Northern Hemisphere stars. Well, except for when I was in Hawaii. But that, yeah. you, know. <laughs> you know. Except for every other time I was in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> well, that was, the, that was the, only the second time I was in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> okay. But like being in the Middle East and being, you know, like these are the stars that he was looking wow. up at. And yeah. you're in the middle of the desert. There's no city lights around. Like oh, you can see goodness. stars. Like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Count those, Abraham. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you a... you went from having a picture in your head that you'd seen in textbooks, yeah, uh, to actually being there. Yeah, yeah, and if that doesn't give you <sighs> a personal connection to the Bible, I don't know what would. It's so true. It just like really brings the text to life, and you know, being in Israel and being able to see the distance between <clears> the Mount of Olives and the Temple, and you know, Jesus is doing this every day during his. Um, like the Passion Week and after the triumphant entry, like he's he's walking this road and, um, you know, traveling out up to Nazareth or around Galilee and seeing the distances mm. and being like, oh, okay, they were always doing this on foot. Like when it just says in the Bible, oh, and then they went to this place. Like it probably was a couple of days, like, yeah. you know, or a full day's journey to get to a place. And wow. they're all doing it on foot. And Did you go to Golgotha? Um, yeah, we did actually. We wow. spent spent some time there. Had a communion service and worship. Um, yeah, it was you really special. The crucifixion. <laughs> it was it was just oh, really man. cool um, being there, and, and you know you can kind of still see there was like this old quarry of Solomon's when he like dug it out to build 
um, the temple, hmm. which kind of is like the eyes of the skull in the mountain. So it's kind of, wow. you know, like the okay. city's kind of built up around it a little bit now. Yeah. Uh, but you can still see where mm. they kind of got the idea that it looks like a bit of a skull. And, okay. you know, it's yeah. everything, I guess, in, in Israel. They're not quite 100% sure. Not everything, but a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the potential place was there. So we got to go there and see, you know, where, where the grave may have been and um, yeah. kind of just got to celebrate in in the garden but we got to go to like Gethsemane and uh, there's like olive trees are super cool and like there's some olive trees there that are actually you know 2,000 did did you beat any with a stick did you find a fig tree and curse it I didn't curse a fig tree I I, I saw lots of fig trees and even picked the figs but so I didn't need to curse them because I was eating the figs so yeah they were bearing fruit okay that's good that's good (laughs) Uh, for, for anyone out there that understands Nintendo references, I just think of the place of the skull. You could probably look at it through the lens of a camera, like in Pokemon Snap, and find a poker sign. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, if that means nothing to you, please ignore it. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, just... don't look down at me. Uh, okay, so what do you, what do you suggest for somebody like me who hasn't been to the ancient Near East um, or the modern day Middle East to see these places in person how else other than going there could we bring the text of the bible to life yeah i think um i don't know because obviously for me it's been three years since i read the bible and it kind of came to life for me Mm. and like between then and going and actually seeing the places was a period of three years and um yeah, really just reading it and and being, like, surrounding your reading in prayer as well. Like, I don't mm. like to open the Bible without first inviting Holy Spirit to speak to me through the text as I'm reading it. Um, and <clears throat> just being, yeah, I think I, I just get so excited when I realize that every word in the book was, like, God breathed and God inspired, like, Holy Spirit inspired each word that's there. And they're all there for a reason. And, you know, when you start to look back at the, the history of, of the Bible and the way it's kind of been translated over the years and you know even like the Dead Sea Scrolls you look at how accurate they were to some of the like earliest manuscripts of the Bible mm-hmm. and they've stayed you know almost word for word the whole way through I just think it's it's incredible the the power of the words and the you know in Hebrews it talks about it's alive and it's active and it's sharper than a double-edged sword and it's a yeah. weapon and it's something that we need to know um feel like I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent (laughs) Um, yeah and so I just get so excited when I realize like these are actually God's words and you you know you can get down in the dumps and be like God why won't you talk to me and then you're like oh I actually like have like this book like let's just pick Mm -hmm. it up and read it like (laughs) Mm -hmm. because he's he's literally given it to us in in a book and I just feel so blessed that you know, in this in this day and age, we've got the printing press. You know, I live in a world where I can have multiple Bibles on my bookshelf. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you hear stories about churches in Africa and they have a single Bible between them and they're not allowed to have it. So what do they do? They like rip up the Bible and they give one page to each person in the congregation. Oh, and it's like goodness. their job to memorize that page. And so then on Sundays or whenever the pastor's preaching, he's like, I need this verse from Isaiah. Whoever has memorized the verse from Isaiah like jumps up and like yells it out for everyone oh, to hear. And I'm like... God, I'm like just so blessed that, you know, I can I can have the Bible and in multiple translations and oh, what does it look like in this? And you know, I even have a Hebrew Bible. I can look it up in Hebrew. Like, you know, it's just like so ridiculous and so blessed. Um but just not taking it for granted, I mm-hmm. think is such a big thing. I feel like I can 
it's you know it's sitting beside my bed it's sitting you know it's on my phone now even I can have it in my pocket at any Mm -hmm. minute of the day um just learning that it's still powerful even though it's so accessible like that doesn't mean it's lost its power yeah I think yeah yeah okay so I have a couple of uh less serious questions because obviously everyone uh wherever they're listening from heard along with me that the first step is to read the bible and to invite the holy spirit <laughs> to speak through okay well i guess i have to hold on to those plane tickets to the middle east for now okay what translation do you prefer ah good question um well here we go folks uh-huh. <laughs> i like to so i when i'm just reading the bible i think i like to read it in the new living translation okay. nlt i like to study it in the ESV, though, the English Mm. Standard Version, just because it's quite accurate um, to the original interpretation of, Mm. um, like, the Hebrew and Greek translation of scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, However, there is a guy, Brian Simmons, who has been translating the Bible, looking at um, the Greek and Hebrew words, and I, I don't know so much about Greek, but Hebrew is, like, a pictorial language, so he's been trying to convey some of the emotion and the pictures that the Hebrew words carry. Mm. Um in this, he calls it the Passion Translation of the Bible, and so he's he's literally yeah. translating it book by book. Um, so you mm-hmm. know, you you buy them in separate books. Obviously, I don't have all of them because that turned out to be quite an expensive little hobby for all of them. <laughs> uh, so I think the most recent ones that he has done, at least last time I checked, was Hebrew and James. Um, I'm sure he's got more of them now, but yeah, it's just. A very poetic form of the Bible mm. and really, like, is is literally passionate. Um, and so the very first mm. book he translated actually was Song of Songs, which... Um, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just beautiful imagery, I think, um, that when you begin to look at the Hebrew language and understand it, mm-hmm. it kind of conveys it. So, yeah, I love reading Paul's letters in the Passion Translation. Some of, some mm. of my favourite. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've always been... I mean, I grew up reading the NIV, mm. which I think it's a fairly uh, easy read. Yeah. I, I like the NLT as well. Yeah. I had recently discovered that, I mean, a couple of years ago. Um, I knew it was around, but I just never read it anything from, from that translation. But I liked it because uh, it said almost the same thing in different words. As the NIV. As the NIV, yeah, yeah. which is what I grew up with. Um, in growing up in uniting churches, though, they would always have the Good News Bible, and they're oh, fairly, <laughs> fairly rigid, not willing to um, to read anything else from from the pulpit in some some cases. But um, yeah, I found the ESV to be a little bit. At times, to me, it felt a little bit heady. Yeah, yeah, like it there, definitely. There's a lot of words, and it <laughs> makes it very intellectual, which is awesome. I'm glad that they were able to get the translation really close um but i think if i were to read that it would be to study it like you said yeah it's Um, definitely and it took me it took me a long time i think even to get used to reading it in Mm. that translation um and it's funny because you know once you once you have a bible and you kind of study it and you make it your own and it has your own highlighting and notes and stuff in it Mm -hmm. um i like i've just grown to love it and so i actually like there's times when i i will just pick up my esv and read from the esv Mm. um but yeah, it's it's it does seem like a much more intellectual kind of, you know, I guess like the King James of the day yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the Bible app. You 
do have the Bible on your phone. Yes. I think anybody that is in YWAM has the Bible on their phone. <laughs> and I recently got an iPhone 5, so now I have the SourceView Bible on my phone as well. Yes, yeah, so which good. Is, which is great. You should look it up, guys. SourceView Bible app. Yeah. It is really cool. Um, my mind's reeling with all the things it can do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, I know that Lauren Cunningham, who is the founder of YWAM, he has... Uh, he always carries around a physical Bible, mm. and he likes to talk about having a relationship with the pages. Um, what's That's your so cool. What's your take on phone Bibles? Phone Bibles, yeah, it's a it's a good question. I definitely am that person who likes to have my hard copy Bible. I left it at home today. Hilarious. But <laughs> but normally I have my my physical Bible with me. I just have like one of those little pocket pocket Bibles that I can carry around. It fits in my handbag perfectly. It's so good. Yes, yeah, so and not in your pocket. Um, yeah. not actually well I have I have just chucked it in my pocket from time to time. It is small enough assuming my pockets are big enough. Yeah, Skinny so jeans these days it's not quite no, as easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I I again am like I like to something tangible that I can touch, that I can highlight, that I can yep. write my notes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely played around with the Bible apps and, you know, you can highlight things and then look up the bits that you've highlighted, but I just forget to use it like that. And, yeah. um, yeah, I'm sure if I got really into studying it that way, I could, could learn to use a Bible app. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I, I just, I prefer to be able to see it visually. And, you know, when you highlight something, you know, I'll be, oh, this verse. I'm like, I can't remember the exact reference, but I know it's in the left-hand column on the right page yep, highlighted right. in mm-hmm. purple, you know? Like, I can... It's much more of a visual thing, whereas the app just everything looks the same kind of as the text is scrolling down the yeah. page. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fair enough. Okay. Um, another smaller question. What is your opinion of devotionals? Mm. and how devotionals might take a small section of scripture and then elaborate on it or tell some kind of story. Yeah, Um, yeah. Um, It's kind of one of those things that I've used on and off over the years, devotionals. I'm not currently using one, but I've definitely found them beneficial at different times, um, different seasons of my life. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think I, I probably kind of sway a lot between reading whole chunks of scripture and then um, learning to just meditate on like single verses and so I think Mm -hmm. that's where devotionals I really like Um, just kind of having a bit of a you know you can you can take a verse and just really begin to go deep into it and meditate on it and it's almost like having a little bit of commentary on that verse Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah like David always talks about like meditating on the scriptures day and night and really um, hungering after them and getting to know them and making them your own and so I think that's where devotionals have real value is. Um, and obviously, you can't live off secondhand revelation. So not only like taking what's in the devotional, but also making sure you're asking Holy Spirit, like, what do you say about this? What are you speaking to me through this verse? Which often just kind of comes naturally as you're reading it. Um, mm. I, I find I often get halfway through a page of a devotional and then I'm off in my, you know, Holy Spirit has taken me on a little journey in my own uh, own mind on what this could mean or what it's what it's speaking to me at yep. the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kind of wrap up talking about the Bible there. I want to briefly touch on photography. So in summary, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. 
You are a photographer. I am. Who has had professional photography gigs, therefore yes. you are a professional photographer. This is true. And That's uh, what they say, at least. Yeah, I mean, you shot my brother's wedding. I did. Um, with, <laughs> a, right. with a camera. <laughs> that was such a fun wedding, too. I loved that one. Yeah, it was a good one. And one thing that, uh, that I want to briefly say about that is, in regards to your attire for the day, you said that you've learnt it's better to be comfortable and practical than to dress in an, something fancy and this then be afraid that you'll get dirt on it and other things when you're moving around like Spider-Man trying to get the perfect <laughs> shot, right? I hope I don't look like Spider-Man when I'm taking pictures, <laughs> but... <laughs> yes, I prefer to... Uh, often I often wear darker, like, black kind of coloured clothing at weddings just because, you know, I'm in and out of the main aisle where people are trying to look so I'm trying not to be distracting but also get the shots that the bride and groom are going to mm-hmm. look back at and remember. Um, Why don't you just wear a morph suit? <laughs> you just kind of, like, <laughs> shapeshift as you're, like, going around. <laughs> Chameleon morph suit. When they invent one of those, let me know. That could come in handy. Yeah. Invisibility cloak. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Why do you love photography? Um, I'm a very visual person. I also, one of the places I connect most with God, I think, is through nature. And so my mm. first love of photography definitely came from like nature and landscape photography, just yep. taking pictures of flowers and bugs and bees. Oh my gosh, birds. the number of times you I've... like birds. Birds. I do like birds, yeah. yeah. I Harder to capture due to their speed. Disappear pretty quick, but... Um, yes. I, I, sorry, I do remember one of the first... One of the first memories I have of you is you talking about how you took a photo of a bird on your DTS. There was oh, this one the bird, red cardinal? That yeah, one. yeah. I would watch it in my quiet time every morning, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the three months of my lecture phase. And it was getting towards the end of lecture phase. And I was like, okay, I need to take my, my camera down. So I had my camera sitting next to me as I'm doing my quiet time. And sure enough, he came down again. And I spent probably the next half an hour chasing him around the cafe trying to get a shot. But I got it. So <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> Okay, so you you discovered photography through nature, um, and you have since moved on to taking photos professionally, either for weddings or other, other things yeah, that people need. Yeah, portraiture and events and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How can you use photography to glorify God? How can you use it as a ministry? <laughs> I feel like that's just like a big question as well. Um, the way I use it. Um, kind of two different ways for me the photos that I take um in terms of like nature photography or landscapes I often am remembering what God was teaching me in that moment so you know some of my favorite pictures aren't necessarily the best photos but I remember oh gosh that was when like in that moment I was getting a revelation of his majesty and that's Mm. why I love that picture and so I guess I dream in that sense of being able to use my pictures um you know, whether that's having them, like, framed up big and people can just enjoy beauty and, you know, all creation screams his praise, you know, in Romans 1 it talks about mm-hmm. no one has an excuse for not seeing him because these eternal powers are clearly displayed for all to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and whether that's on the wall in big prints or maybe in, like, a little calendar with encouraging quotes or scripture verses over them, like, mm-hmm. that's something I'd like to see happen a bit more or use my photography for. Um, I've also used it... Um, both on my like DTS outreach and I ran a support group for a high school in a high school for young women for a while mm-hmm. and one of the days um, I'd kind of just surprise them and be like hey I'm going to take portraits of you today and you know classic 
14, 15 year old girls are like, oh, you didn't tell me I would have done my hair different yeah, or yeah. I should have put my makeup on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would just, you know, kind of reassure them and be like, no, actually, like, you look beautiful the way you are. And after we'd kind of gone out, we'd just been like, you know, a minute or two, not very long at all. And I'd take some portraits of them. It was just always so encouraging the kind of their their looks often surprise was interesting often their looks of surprise when they saw the picture that i'd taken of them and they're like wow like that's me like and just Mm. them realizing actually i that's a really nice photo that's me i am beautiful and being Mm. able to kind of show young women and girls that they are beautiful just the way they are without even trying Mm. um yeah so that's something i just really love using it in that way being able to show show girls their beauty um, mm. through through the lens, through the camera, and be able to catch, capture a little glimpse of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion on Instagram filters? <laughs> I love Instagram. I don't use the actual Instagram filters. I have another app that I put my filters on with. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure every photographer edits their photos after they take them anyway. Yeah. So, you know... It's it's not that common to mm-hmm. take a picture and it be perfect straight out of the camera. Yeah. Um, it's always really exciting when you get those shots, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's there's Instagram filters and then there's just, like, over-the-top that you can tell when it's yeah. been been filtered. And so I, I like to... Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, I, li- I like bright colours, so often um, I'm having to make myself not oversaturate my photos with my Instagram yeah. filters. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of like learning different people. My, um, different people have different ideas of what they mm-hmm. like. So one of my friends has... What's your what's your little eye thing that you have you, with your Erlen eyes? Syndrome. Erlen syndrome. So one of my friends has Erlen syndrome, and so she edits her photos in really dark colours wow. because of the way her eyes see them. So often her pictures are high contrast, um, whereas mine Whoa, are often, so cool. I will go for overexposure. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm editing my pictures, I'll be like, how does Abra, like how would Abra edit this picture? And so I've started doing some more like dark contrasty mm-hmm. um, photos. And that's been really exciting, just kind of playing around with that and experimenting, you know, black and white. Put it in black and white, Kelly. I know you love it in color, but just see what it looks like in black and white at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I have lots of fun with filters. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what's your opinion on watermarks? Watermarks? <laughs> well, I have a watermark. Um, <laughs> as every photographer as does. As everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I don't want to detract from my picture by putting a watermark on it, but again, it's my work, and so yeah. I want people to know if they're going to be posting it and sharing it that, you know, actually this is someone's, someone's work and... Mm-hmm. Um, I always, you know, it's kind of frustrating when you're when you're putting it on. You're like, oh, if I put it here, it's easily crop, easily to, you know, too easy to crop it out. Mm. But I don't want to like stick it, you know, smack bang in the middle of the shot and right. ruin the picture. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe one day I'll be making money from my pictures more than I am now. And mm. at the moment, I don't really mind if people take them if they credit me. But yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes I find pictures and I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) I think that's mine. (laughs) Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Or maybe you didn't hear it here first, but you definitely heard it again (laughs) here. Uh, Don't crop out a watermark that a photographer has put on of their photo that they spent a long time getting. Yeah, some of those ones. (laughs) Some of those shots, the pain that we go through to get them. (laughs) Sitting for hours and hours until the light's right. I'm yeah. not that patient, but some there's a lot of people that are. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. goodness. All right. Um, 
that may as well wrap us up here with this interview. Um, thank you very much for, for joining me today, Kaylee. Pleasure, it's been fun. Yeah. Okay, so remember everybody to read your Bible. Remember to take good photos, to use way too much uh, filtering on Instagram. <laughs> Crop out every watermark you ever see. <laughs> no, don't listen uh, to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, also remember to enjoy this song that I'm playing is the outro, When Was the Last Time, by Switchfoot. See you later. Hardly subliminal, but I'm the one living on And it's been so long